Welcome to Mom Fashions. This is Emily. Join me for a special season as we search for a new co-host and meet lots of interesting women while we discuss the beauty and the burden of motherhood. This is Mom Fashions. Episode 85, Tethering Their Hearts to Home. Hello, Mom Fashions listeners. This is Emily, and I have another wonderful mom to introduce you. She is on our Bill Media team. On our here's the here's the long title. Are you ready for this? She is on our social media content creators team. It's really a long thing, but they do awesome stuff for our social media. And I'm pretty excited to introduce you to her. Please welcome Shonda. Hello. Hello. Thank you for the invitation. Yay. So um, let's tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. What do you want them to know? Okay. I like to say that I am a young mom with old kids. (laughs) (laughs) because many of my friends are about my age, but their kids are not nearly as old as mine. I got a really early start right out of college. But you're going to have a glorious retirement. (laughs) You know, I've been looking forward to this day for a long time. But my oldest son is 23, and I'm always so excited when people are like, really? You have a kid that old? Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. I have a 23-year-old. I have a 20-year-old. My 23-year-old just graduated from college. Congratulations. So he's entering like the workforce as a full-fledged adult. That's a big milestone. very fun. Yes. I'm excited to get him like off my insurance and off my (laughs) cell phone plan, all those things. So funny. (laughs) We'll see how soon that happens. And then I have a uh, 21-year-old son. He is... um, a senior in college, so he'll be graduating soon, too. Another he plays awesome. football mm-hmm. um, at a small school in Kansas, about six hours away. And then my youngest son, my dear heart, my precious, precious baby boy, because he's just snuggly like uh-huh. that. And, like, he still calls me mommy and stuff. Yeah. But you don't feel differently <laughs> about your other no, two, uh-uh. right? Now we need no, to throw that I in I love there. them all, all equally. The same. All the same. Uh, he's 18. <laughs> he's a freshman at the University of North Texas. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So, so Yeah. You are living large. You did did it. Yes. Congratulations, (laughs) everyone. Like a standing ovation. You are goals. Hashtag goals. Man, people ask me all the time, like, what's it like? Are you sad? I'm like, am I supposed to be? Because (laughs) I kind of like this part. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, you have earned it. You deserve it. Yes. And all of us behind you are looking at you (laughs) as like the prize and who we want to be when, when we grow up and reach this milestone. Um, so our topic today, like you are the gal who has experience in this, and I am very interested in this topic personally because my oldest is entering these like tween, early teen years, and there is that vying for independence and kind of starting the process of that, you know, kind of breaking away, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit. So what we're going to talk about is um is, is actually a topic you suggested because it's near and dear to your heart. And I love the way you phrased it, tethering hearts to home. Mm. So can you give a little bit of explanation about like what you first, my first question is, what do you mean by that? What does that mean? Yeah. So when I went off to college, uh, I went home at Christmas break my freshman year mm-hmm. and I decided I am not coming back here again mm-hmm. <laughs> like my parents they had you know the the same rules that I grew up with but I had to taste it freedom 
And right. I was like, this is this is not going to jive. <laughs> so I stopped going home for breaks and summer break, Christmas mm-hmm. break. I would hang out with friends, anything to not go home. And when I started thinking about my own kids, I thought, oh, my goodness, I don't want them to feel like I felt about home. Like home was not a place that I looked forward to going or mm-hmm. if my parents wanted me to come home. It was always like they would have to they had to have a really good reason right. <laughs> to get me to come home. Yeah. I never wanted my kids to feel like I had to um, entice them in some way to right. come home. I wanted them to love coming home and to look forward to coming home. And home, I just, all those cliches, home is where the heart is. Right. Home is a safe place. All those yes, things. Yes. I wanted them to really have a great, great um, vision in their head when they thought about home. Yeah, so I wanted right. their hearts like tethered to home, like wanting to bring their friends to our home and Home is just, oh, you know, just this great place for them. Yeah. So just really at a young age, I, I started things in our family that would make home feel sweet mm-hmm. so that great. when they left, they would want to come back. Yeah, <laughs> this is an interesting topic for me, too, because if you've listened to any amount of time, you know that my home story was um, riddled with dysfunction and abuse. So when I went off to college, I went home. Christmas break freshman year guess who never went back after that yes yeah yeah and it was kind of the realization this is us going in the opposite direction of what we're trying to accomplish it was the realization that I didn't have to live that way anymore Mm -hmm. and that I had the freedom to make my own choice that I wasn't obligated to participate in that dysfunction um and so Obviously, my home life as a mother, you know, we have worked really hard to create a different home life than what I experienced growing up. And, yeah, from the parent perspective, it's crushing and heartbreaking yes. to think that. And in some ways, I mean, it's there is it is going to happen in some ways that they will become, you know, more and more detached as they get their own families and all that stuff but yes and even as even as an adult woman I'm in my 40s now I made a comment about this on social media the other day that I have longed for a home a lot of times in my adult life a home like even as a 40 year old woman I have needed a mom, Mm. you know, and so I think this is such an important discussion because parenting doesn't end bad news when they graduate college. Right. Right. It isn't completely over. Right. right? And you have to be this like home landing spot in a a different way. Um, So can you talk a little bit more about I mean, we've kind of we have sort of said it, but like why this became so important for you, was it just because you didn't want your kids to feel like you had felt? Yeah, I didn't want them to feel like I felt. And I also wanted them to feel like home was a safe place mm-hmm. and a safe place, not just for them, but a safe place they could bring their friends. I love community. Mm-hmm. I love having my house full of people mm-hmm. and everyone just sitting around and cozy. I love that so much. Yeah. And I wanted that for my kids and I wanted that for their friends. Um, it's it's an evangelistic tool in some ways mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, come over to our house. You know, you're going to experience our family culture. You're going to we're going to pray. <laughs> we're going to bless yeah. our food. You know, right. We're going to speak kindly to one another. We're going to respect each other. I just wanted that to permeate their lives 
in a way that was enticing to their friends. Mm -hmm. So I always wanted home to feel safe. Yeah. And and not so not that my home life wasn't safe, but I knew that that's what I wanted. Like like my grandmother's house, you know, Mm -hmm. like my grandmother's house for me was a safe place Mm -hmm. when nowhere else was safe. I could go to my grandma's house. There were going to be cookies. There's going to be treats. Right. There's going to be love. She's going to be there. She, you know, she was always there at the house. And I just wanted all of that for my kids and for their friends yeah. as an extension. So kind of tell me, because I'm getting the gist that this is not just something you started thinking about when they turned 16 and you're like, oh no, I've got yeah. to tether them to home right. before they leave me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So when you were thinking about it, maybe like in the elementary years, and that's their first real foray into leaving you for extended hours a day, how did you cultivate um, that kind of environment and those goals mm-hmm. in your home during that age? Yeah. So my oldest son, when he went to kindergarten, I had three kids, five and under. Like I had a three-month-old, and I remember... <laughs> dropped him off at kindergarten. It was just around the corner. We would walk. Oh, fun. And so we walked to school. I had a three-year-old and a three-month-old, and, you know, we're dropping him off. And about day three of that first week, the kindergarten teacher met me outside, and she said, you've got to stop doing this because he doesn't want to leave you. And, you, you know, this is you're coming with ah, the baby and the toddler, yeah. and y'all are leaving, and he has to stay here and do work all day. <laughs> we have to figure out another plan. And I was like, mm. But it was the first time that I really started to have it, realizing that he needed, you know, to have the autonomy to leave and know that when he came back home, it was going to be okay. Like he could leave and he could have his own day, his own experience, and that we would be there when he got home. And uh, on the first day of school, when he got home, there were cookies. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know it then, but oh, he said. I say you're bribing with cookies. This <laughs> yes. is the second time cookies has yeah. come up oh, in cookies, this conversation. Listen, cookies are a big thing. It's, <laughs> it is the key to success. Cookies. Podcast over. <laughs> yes. It's cookies. Cookies have a big part in my life. Um, my name is Shonda with the C, and I always say C is for cookies. I love <laughs> so, it. Cookie monster. Um, but. That first day of school, he came home and he had the cookies and he said, oh, first day of school cookies. And I was like, yeah, first day of school cookies. And so the next year, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the day before school, he said, are we going to have first day of school cookies? And I realized, oh, my gosh. I have to do this every year. Yes. <laughs> we get ice cream. It's not cookies. Yes. They get in the car. Mom, can we get a treat? I'm like, yes, yes it's first day of school yes. ice cream. He is 23 years old. I'm still sending first day of school cookies. My co- my 18-year-old that I just dropped off at college, on the first day of class, he said, what time are the cookies getting here? <laughs> I'm like, when does this end? That's so sweet, though. So it's just been small things along the way. Like, I didn't really know Until he was, until the oldest was in high school, I just woke up one day and thought, oh my gosh, he's going to leave. There's so much I want him to know and so many things I want to do with him. And then I started to realize, oh, I've been doing these things all along. I just didn't know. Like I didn't formally think about it. Right. But I started to make a list um, of all the things that like made our family, our family, like our family culture. And I started to also, I'm a list maker. Love it. I made a list of things. Okay, these are solid things, but this is what I want him to know. Mm -hmm. And then these are some ways that he needs to grow. 
And then these, I, I kind of, you know, I, I'm an acronym or sounding. Things need mm-hmm. to kind of have a flow. Yeah. So there was no and grow. And then there were things that I wanted to do, like when time was slow. So like traditions or things that I wanted to cultivate with him and each one really individually. So I looked back and saw like even as a baby, um, <laughs> do you remember back what? In these days, we didn't have cell phones and f- camera phones and all these things. Correct. Yeah. Every two months, I took him to JCPenney to have his picture made. Yeah. And, you know, because I wanted to document his right. little baby life. Right. And then as his brothers came along, they got their picture. Well, the, the last one, he got the three-month picture. And then and then he's like six. God bless yeah. the last. I know. Like, same. I'm like, well, sorry about your baby book. Yeah. It's just not really yeah. completed. Just, there's this little gap. I'm like, I promise you're mine. I don't, I don't have any proof of it, but yeah, you kind of look like me. So there's that. You did exist during this time frame, I promise. Yes, but all of the, I just kind of looked back and realized, oh my gosh, we've kind of been doing these things. I used to sing a song to them as a baby to make Mm -hmm. them feel safe. Mm -hmm. Like, you can go to sleep. I'm going to be here when you wake up. And all, just all these little things that you don't really intentionally do. But if you look back, you can see that you did. Yeah. And you can kind of put a little stamp on it. Like, oh, this is our family culture. This is what we do. And those little things um, start to add up to feel like home. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to know, like, in and of course, you parented boys. I'm parenting girls. Um, but I think their patterns are pretty similar in terms of just those stages of independence and, and how they come. So like, like for us, whenever the girls would kind of enter third and fourth and fifth grade, there's a big shift around that time. How did you, how did y'all handle it whenever, you know, you kind of started to see the first waves of friends becoming really important, wanting to start participating, like sports kind of kicks it up a notch, mm-hmm. right? And then seeing them kind of making their own communities that are independent of you. Like, looking back on that, how did you continue in those seasons to allow them to have that space? Because I kind of think tethering their hearts to home, part of that is allowing them the space. Yes. Right? So can you explain a little bit about how you did that while while still being parent, while still being the landing spot? Yeah, I think what I look back and see that I did the most is you can go. I'm going to drop you off and I'm going to pick you up. And, you know, and so so the rigidity was, I know exactly where you are Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be back here at a certain time and you're going to come home. Like, you know, there were these boundaries. There was freedom, but there were boundaries. Mm -hmm. Even when he when they started to drive, it was the same thing. There was freedom, but there were boundaries like time. You have to be back. I need to be able to track your location. If you're changing locations, do this or that. But also, um, do your friends need a ride? I'll pick them up. I can bring them like so that when they're in the car, mm-hmm. I can hear the conversation. I can right. hear what they're talking about. You know, I'm the eavesdropping nosy mom like, oh, I heard such and such talking about such and such. What's that about? Mm-hmm. You know, and just digging a little bit more in that way. Um, my middle son, he needed more boundaries than his older brother did. So a lot of things his older brother got to do, he didn't get to do right. because he was in that stage of his life more of a follower than a leader. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't really trust him to make the right decisions in those right. situations. Yeah. So he didn't get to go. Yeah. And he would yeah. scry- he would cry foul like, oh, that's not fair. He got to do it. And I would always say to him, you really don't want fair. 
you want grace and mercy mm-hmm. yeah. because and, you don't want what you deserve. Yeah. Yeah. And also just understanding. I mean, we are, have that with us, our girls, too. Yeah. But trying to explain that, like, you're different kids with different yes. needs. You have different talents. You, your maturity level go- grows at different rates. Right. Yes. And so, yeah, when you're we kind of try to phrase it like um, so my oldest kiddo has a gab phone. And that doesn't allow any social media or internet usage. It's just kind of like contained in the phone. And Gab itself has four or five apps that Mm -hmm. you can use, you know, pretty basic. And it is, she's a seventh grader, and it is a big, because this is like a little kid phone. You know, everybody else has iPhones, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm like, you know, well, when you can... Show responsibility that you can follow our other tech rules for your school computer, mm-hmm. the Nintendo, like sneaking the Nintendo into your room at bedtime. It only does, delays. It what does you're trying to get. nothing for your iPhone <laughs> desires, yes. right? Because you showed me again that you can't follow a very clear, a very reasonable rule. You can't right. have the Nintendo in your bedroom at bedtime. That's a rule. Right. You know? And so I try to, in those instances, kind of like turn it to where the child has some responsibility when that decision will happen. Like, I'm not saying, I would love to give you an iPhone. In fact, the iPhone would make my life a little right. easier if right. you ha- you didn't have this re- that with all these restrictions. But I'm waiting on you to show me that growth to the next phase of maturity that you can have integrity and that you can make the right decision, you know, when you're with the babysitter and they don't know you can't have the Nintendo right, <laughs> right, right yes. at bedtime. Are you looking for activities for your kids? Maybe sports, art classes, music lessons, STEM activities, and more? Well, good news. We have a giant guide sorted by category so you can find all the options in one place. Check out our show notes to find links to our guide to extracurricular activities in DFW. What about as you got into these older, you know, I mean, because once that freshman, you know, milestone kind of rolls around, you really do shift into like prep for when they graduate, like you're already starting to think about what counts in high school. Mm-hmm. You're starting to think about like making these last minute preparations, your last three years, you know, yeah. like with them, whether or not they go to college, they're going into a young adulthood. Like, right. you know, if even if they aren't going off. So as that approached, what were some of the things you did to try to tether their hearts to home? Yeah, definitely. I we made the list, honestly. Yeah. I had a list of, of ways that I, I saw that each child needed to grow. S- small things, like just practical things. I think what really helped me is having an older sister, my older sister. Her kids are all slightly older than mine. That's nice. So yeah. every time something would happen, she would fill me in on what I needed to make sure the kids knew. Mm-hmm. So one time, her, uh, her son, um, he kept asking her for money and she's like he has a job 
he has a bank account. Why is he always asking me for money? Mm -hmm. So she investigated and he finally confessed to her that he lost his debit card. And she said, well, why don't you go to the bank and withdraw some money? And he said to her, if I go to the bank, they'll just give me my money. Yeah. And then we both you don't know realize. what you don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes. that's the truth. And like you forget to kind of like. Yes, it's explain. just intuitive yes. to us. So so she said, put that on your list. So there's things on the list like addressing an envelope, like things you mm-hmm. don't think about. Because what I've learned from The Walking Dead is in the zombie apocalypse, <laughs> like <laughs> these things are things we have to come back to. Like my kids, they learned how to drive, but they just know how to get places. They don't know the street names. Right. You have to learn how to read a map. Yeah. Like these were really small things that they, you know, in this world, in this technology driven world, we just kind of overlook. Like they think they can just punch in the address to everywhere. You kind of yeah. need to know which highways go north and south. You need to know what is north and south. Like Correct. these yeah. are just some of those types of things. We made a list of those. We made a list of of intentional activities we wanted to do. Um, this is no judgment zone, right? Oh, okay. Safe <laughs> space. Yes. So in my and when my oldest was in kindergarten, you know, at the end of the school year, they have the awards, and uh, he's a great student. But I noticed that there was one award that I could guarantee that he had every year if he got nothing else, and that was perfect attendance. So if <laughs> Bearing be if he wasn't sick, he was going to school. Mm-hmm. And every year he would get this perfect attendance. Like he just was a well child. He just got to go to school every day. Um, so his senior year, when I said, I'm going to check you out of school to go to the state fair, he was like, I can miss school. I can miss a day. And it became our senior skip day. Yay, so it's just a I fun day. That. It's just me and you. We're going to the fair. So those types of slow things um, mm-hmm. were, were something to look forward to because his little brother, who was a, a freshman at the time, was like, wait, do I get to go to the fair? No, you're not a senior. It's not your senior skip day. Mm-hmm. You have to stay. So those types of things were other things that we did. Um, some things I wanted him to know was like about boundaries, like, you know, everything that is permissible is not beneficial to you. Oh, that is so good. Yes. Yes. So that shows itself in college when all of your friends are drinking, you're old enough to drink, but is that, is that wise for you to do? Like, Mm -hmm. can you make a wise decision in those scenarios or so, um, just trying to instill that in them. Especially the freedom. night before a class or an yes. exam. Like, this is not the time. This is not the time for it. Yeah. yeah. What other things would you want to share kind of like along this topic, things that y'all have done um, to, to tether your kids' hearts? That uh, As they've, in these most recent years, as they've gotten older, like I said, I've always wanted their friends to come over. Well, now their friends are like girlfriends. Oh, very different situation. Yes, yeah. So it's not just a gang of guys hanging out on my right. sofa. It's it's interestrogen. Yes, yes. And um, the boy, the they have continued to feel like this is okay. Like, yes, I brought my guy friends, and now I'm bringing my singular girlfriend mm-hmm. over to the house. And I found this welcome board. We just remodeled our house. I found this welcome board. And when people come to the house, I put on the board, like, welcome, such and such. So so when I know the girls are coming over, I'll put on the board, welcome, Morgan, or um, uh, welcome, whatever, you know, other Jayla, whoever's yeah. coming we over. We don't have to name names. Yes, yes. <laughs> They're like, 
She's like, wait a second. Who who is this other girl you're talking about? Welcome. I just put on the board, welcome for them. And I'm glad you're here or whatever we're going to do. Like um, my sons, I have, they call it orchestrating the fun. So they will say, um, my oldest son might say, can we come over? And I say, yes. And then he says, great. What are we going to do? And I'm like, you asked if you could come over. Why do I have to orchestrate the fun? Right. And he's like, because that's what you do. <laughs> so so when they come over, I usually try to have some activity planned. We have done a painting party. We've put puzzles together. We've Morgan recently asked if she could come over to bake with me. Aww. And so I put on the board, Morgan and me baking day, just mm-hmm. trying to make it feel like, oh, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, and you're welcome. You're here. welcome here. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I am thinking about the future. If something, if this continues, right. I want her to feel like, let's go to your mom's house. <laughs> yes. you know? So she'll feel welcome and, and a part of the family and like it's a safe place for her too. So awesome. Yeah, I wanted to ask, how have you seen the fruits of kind of creating that vibe in your home, so to speak? What are the fruits of that now that you've had kiddos leave? How do you see that working out? Yeah, I can think of specifically like things I wanted them to know. Like sometimes, most of the time, those were spiritual truths, like mm-hmm. um, faith-based objectives. So I wanted them to choose like biblical communities. So get in a community of people who believe like you believe and where you can grow together and mm-hmm. iron sharpens iron, all these great things that happens in communities like that. And so one of the things I would do is model that for them. They saw me going to my biblical community throughout their life. Mm-hmm. So when my oldest son and actually all of them, I can successfully say all of them have chosen biblical community in college, which is great because this is the time where 18 to 25 is not a time where people are, teen, you know, young yeah. adults are thinking about faith. Right. things, Hoping to go to church. Yes. Well, I mean, it is kind of though a time where you are sort of sorting out what, yeah, you, what believe, you believe right? and you become a little bit, you know, you kind of cut those strings from what mom and dad believed yes. and you, you know, you try to think about it you know, for your yeah. own self. So, yeah. so, so I've seen them um, choose that on their own. So what I modeled for them, they've, they've picked up on their own and they've, they've taken that. And like you're saying, made ownership of their own faith mm-hmm. and their own growth. And I, they asked to come home. I was like, do they come home more they than asked, Christmas? <laughs> they asked to come home yes. or my middle son, he asked us to come to visit him, to see him play football. Mm-hmm. He, we just saw him this past weekend, and he said, are you guys coming back for the next game? I'm like, yes, we are. It's a six-hour drive, but we're making it, buddy, because yeah. we want to see you. And uh, one year, last year, they made the playoffs. He couldn't come home for Thanksgiving. So we went the weekend before Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and I made those special dishes for him that he would get at home right. that I knew his football team wasn't going to have because – you know, it's kind of Cajun flair at our house. And I left those things for him so he could have a little taste of home. And he loved it. Yeah. But they love to come home. They uh, they sprawl out on the sofas when they come home mm-hmm. and they invite other people to come home. I just really love that. Another thing we do is family picnic day oh, fun. when the weather gets nice in the spring. There's this one certain park that For we love to go For those three days that it's right. bearable outside. <laughs> and we bring kites and we bring, I mean... As teenagers, this was the they would do it. They yeah. would go out. We bring the football. They throw the ball. <clears throat> they would have a great time out there. And then they started inviting friends to come to family picnic day. I'm like, 
the king. They can come, but it's kind of family picnic day. Like keyword family. <laughs> but it's been fun um, to have those types of things. I asked my son, my oldest son today, what family thing we do you really love? And he said, I love on New Year's Eve after we leave church, we go to Quick Trip. And yeah. it's just a random thing because like not many things are open and you just right. want a little something after yeah. it's midnight. And he just loved that's something that he remembers. And yeah, we always fun. do it. Mm-hmm. We just just things we always do. So I um, I don't think as a 22 year old first time mom, I thought about how I was going to plan out their life to tether them to home. Mm-hmm. But I can look back and see, oh, all these small little things that we did along the way have have led to them feeling safe at home, wanting to be home and wanting to bring other people into our home. And all of those things make me happy. So I think what I would say to other moms is that um, look back, see what you've been doing, write it down and call it a tradition. It's our family tradition. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And and just keep growing your family culture along the way. I can't remember how old the girls were. Um, I think it might have been like in 2019, maybe, you know, before. And um, I had like this, um, you know, you just sort of have these like moments you kind of remember forever where you realize something. Almost like when you were saying when your oldest was in high school, you had this actual moment that you remember where you realized he's leaving soon. Right. I had this moment because it was... um, we were, my in-laws had come for the holidays. Our niece was here for the holidays. And it was a very kind of like busy thing. But what we do um, for Santa Claus is that because we are a part of the Christian faith, we make a birthday cake for Jesus. And that is the treat that Santa Claus gets on mm. Christmas Eve. And the girls helped me make it. And uh, Santa, by the way, is a fan of red velvet. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, it was a little cream cheese icing. Oh, Santa yeah. really, yeah. really Santa likes it. Santa has great like, taste. Santa knows what Santa wants, right? <laughs> and Santa, in this case, sorry, Santa doesn't want cookies. I hope that it's not going to ruin our friendship. It's okay. I'm it's sorry. Okay. We're starting off on the wrong foot. Um, and I remember my youngest being, like, really excited. It was kind of like the first year that she remembered it from the year before of us. Make, it's like a, you know, it's a Duncan Hines mm-hmm. mix. Like, you know, we just kind of do that with the girls and they can frost it. And sometimes they put spring, you know, whatever oh, yeah. they want to do. And we will eat it for Christmas, you know. It hit me that I was making traditions, not just that would, like, root my children. But I think in some ways, because of minor girls, I was rooting it for my grandchildren. So I could see that, like, as we were making this cake and that I saw it meant something to them. And it was something I did on a whim a few years before with little Anna that one day I kind of bet my grandkids are going to make a happy birthday Jesus cake on Christmas Eve. And I was like, yeah, because I was like. So when you're doing these things, like you're not just tethering your kids' hearts to home, but you are perpetuating the idea of safe homes for generations, your future family. Yeah, yes. like how we talk about breaking generational curses. You can also keep, you know, encouraging and supporting generational health. Yeah. Yeah, as well. Yes. And so... 
that uh, the things that you've been talking about kind of reminded me of that moment where I was like, this is not some like tradition that's ever going to make Southern Living magazine. Right. You know, it's, this is not an Instagram worthy thing. But I realized it meant something to the girls. It was comforting. It was home. It was special. And that's all the requirements that, is. that you need. That is. Yeah. And even when they protest, right. do it anyway. Yeah. Because they will look back uh, and and say, oh, that really wasn't so bad. Like my boys, I, I made them join the swim team, competitive swim mm-hmm. team. They hated it. <laughs> But whose kids now as adults are like backstroking, breaststroking, showing off in the pool because they learned how to swim through swim team. What will be really (laughs) funny is if they have kids and they make them do that. I'm sure they will because it was they say um, I asked them all the time. What's your what's your childhood trauma? Like Mm -hmm. what are you going to need therapy for that Mm -hmm. I made you do? And they're always like, oh, swim team. It's swim team. (laughs) And then one of them said, but I did like when we got sausage biscuits on the way home. And I said, I didn't even remember buying the sausage biscuits. But it's a core memory that that they still cherish in in the midst of like. Yes. And then it'll turn into, though, they were like, because that's how I felt about piano lessons. And now I make my children take piano lessons and they're never, ever going to stop until they're 18. Like when you're 18, fine. You don't have to take them anymore. But it's kind of like. Things I didn't see as valuable at nine years old. Yes. Like at 42, I'm like, that is a valuable skill. Yes. There's a lot of great things that happen in your brain if you know how to read music, yes. if you learn like the mathematical part of music along with the artistic part. I'm like, oh no, mm-hmm. you're playing the piano. You're playing the piano. Yeah. Yes. Practice 15 <laughs> minutes without fussing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yes, I always tell my friends if they protest, do it anyway. Yes. Do it anyway. Yes. Well, this has been a great conversation. Thank you very much for joining us. And we will have um, more information and links in our show notes. So see you next time. All right. Thank you. As always, visit fwmoms.com to see the notes from this show, including links to products and content mentioned in this episode. And one more time, just in case you missed it, fwmoms.com. Bill Media.